Section six of a flurry in diamonds by Amos Chiptree. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter eight. Sloan did not talk much on the way down in the cars, but upon our arriving at headquarters, after a short interview with his chief, he invited me into a private room and we went over the case together. I found pretty soon that despite Winnie's plausible story and her calm, collected manner during her examination, Sloan firmly believed in her guilt that she was either implicated with her brother in the theft or that knowing him to have stolen the diamonds she assisted in his escape from the house with the booty there is no other construction to be put upon her actions of course she makes up a good story to tell us knowing where our suspicions lie and knowing also just what has led us to have such suspicions i don't think that she knew about dan having seen her brother enter the house by the gate and her hurrying him out by the back door but she didn't dare take any chances on that after i caught her a little off guard about losing the key and coming in by the stable she surmised that dan had told all he knew and she was not quite sure how much that might be so she rattled off the latter part of her story without interruptions by me and made things fit together very nicely it was well done i admit but she had time enough to prepare herself and i am not much surprised at the result she is a keen one but I have assisted in bringing just as sharp ones as she is to grief, and with less show than I have in her case. I could see much good reasoning in Sloane's views, but yet, remembering Winnie's previous good record, could hardly bring myself to believe her as artful, deceitful, and wicked as his language implied her to be, and told him so. I am not surprised, Mr. Hopkins. In fact, should be more surprised if, with your supposed knowledge of the girl, you should be easily convinced of her guilt in my capacity as a detective i must drop any fine feelings of sentiment if i ever have any and study circumstances in people from a matter-of-fact point of view my calling sir is not one calculated for charitable kindly disposed sort of people to follow as the truth of this remark was so self-evident it required no comments from me now let me explain some of the other incidents in this case which may help to convince you that i am not so far off the track after all my first impression as to the robbery was that it had been committed by a professional burglar, as I did not attach any importance to Mr. Lindley's discovery of the girl trying on the earrings. But later discoveries drove that idea out of my mind and convinced me that the diamonds were taken by or with the assistance of someone living in the house. No professional thief would ever have unlocked that bureau drawer and, after taking the jewels, have so carefully relocked it nor would he have limited his booty to the diamonds alone when there were so many other valuables within reach. How should he have known that the diamonds were in that drawer, even if he knew they were in the house? There was only one solution to the question, which, to my mind, gave any sort of color to the professional theory. The thief might have entered the house by some means before the family had gone downstairs, and, remaining in concealment, have seen the diamonds secreted by Mr. Lindley but if so he must have entered the house between six and say eight o'clock as mr lindley tells me it was somewhere about eight o'clock when he went down to breakfast as the burglar alarm seems to be in working order it would have indicated any attempted entrance before six o'clock at which time it would cease to work as the servants were by that hour moving around the lower part of the house while some of the people upstairs might reasonably be supposed to be awake if not already up in fact, both Mr. Lindley and his son were up, as he tells me. A thief entering at such a time would have to take more chances of detection than such people like to risk. Then there remains the evidence of the open window in Mr. Lindley's room. 
that is the strongest link in the case against the girl and shows the cool deliberate manner in which she performed her part of the robbery and tried to throw us off the scent how is that mr sloan i inquired eagerly for i had kept that window in mind as indicating the means by which the thief had gained entrance and it was really a strong point with me in winnie's favor that window was opened by the thief mr hopkins but it was done from the inside and not as you imagine and i at first thought as a means of entering or leaving the house but to give us a false clue the colored boy jerry and the paint on the roof of the porch helped me out of that in what way i asked getting very much interested the new paint don't show a scratch excepting close to the house where the boy stood upon it while washing the window no person could clamber over the edge of that roof going either up or down without leaving some marks or scratches upon the paint in addition to this there are no marks showing that the metal fastening had been tampered with and you can believe from the stiff working of it that it would take considerable force to move it by operating with a knife blade between the sashes that is the plan generally adopted by thieves when they do not remove any glass and the evidence of it is always plainly seen upon the woodwork or the fastening itself yes sir the girl or her brother opened that window it was a pretty cunning piece of work as far as it went but like many cases which i have come across where studied attempts to mislead pursuit have been employed it has only served to furnish additional evidence against the culprit how do you explain the locking of the bureau drawer i inquired not at all unless that it was an accident he replied at once you see sir the locks upon ordinary articles of furniture are usually very plain and simple and it is quite a common thing to find a key which will open many of them sometimes a single key answers for a whole chest of drawers yet with mr lindley's bureau you found that not to be the case i said true and i tried that key to make sure the trouble with it was that it belonged to a finer lock than that which the thief opened and as you saw it would not even enter the common lock if mr lindley had locked the diamonds in the drawer from which i took the key it is my opinion that they would still have been there when he came to look for them either the girl or her brother had some ordinary drawer key which fitted the lock and opened it without much trouble in withdrawing the key after securing the booty the drawer may have been accidentally locked well sloan you appear to make a pretty clear case against these people i must confess i said after a moment as he seemed to have finished now how are you going to proceed first i want to see this likely brother and if things turn out as i hope he should be here soon the chief has sent a couple of men around to arrest him if he is at home and to search his mother's rooms for the jewelry do you think that after so long a time has elapsed since the theft either will be found there as to the man yes but as to the diamonds no this fellow richard evans they call him is not a known thief he is probably only a lazy loaferish kind of chap who won't work for a living as long as his mother and sister will keep him in a home and furnish a moderate supply of pocket money for him to spend in beer and tobacco among others of his kind such a life naturally leads on to something worse and then we have more interest here in keeping track of the gang he comes of a little better stock than most of his fellows and consequently aims a little higher in his ambition to steal than do the others with whom till-tapping and sneak-thieving in a small way will serve as a beginning then you acknowledge a sort of aristocracy even among thieves i said considerably amused at sloan's way of putting it i am obliged to he replied why a first-class cracksman will no more mix with a pickpocket or a successful forger or counterfeiter with a common thief then will one of our crooked aldermen or indiscreet bank presidents or cashiers 
with criminals of a lower grade than themselves whom they may meet behind prison bars or enjoying the freedom of canada this richard like his sister is poor and probably proud he heard her describe the diamonds to his mother or perhaps to himself and either of himself or with her connivance planned to get them the gate key may have been accidentally dropped upon the floor or it may have been purposely placed in his possession at all events barring a slip or two their plans worked all right and richard aided by his sister got the diamonds or he may have planned it out alone after finding the key and getting into the house ran across his sister and being opposed by her may have threatened her in some way and thus by frightening her have obtained if not her assistance at least her promise of secrecy this latter is the most charitable view i can take of the girl and even at that she must either have shown him where the diamonds were secreted or have opened the drawer herself under threats from him during my whole questioning of her though she showed no outward signs of excitement or emotion as even innocent persons sometimes will in a similar position yet i could see that beneath the surface there was something held back which her very plausible story did not account for she knows i do not believe in her and you will find out mr hopkins when this case is cleared up that i am right and that she has not told everything she knows about it it looks that way sloane i replied but unless you find the diamonds upon one or the other of them i doubt if you will ever convince miss lindley of winnie's guilt by the way you have said nothing as to your views upon the disposition of the diamonds and as i am more interested in them than i am in the capture of the thief i am anxious to know what prospect we have of securing them our people here are now hunting the pawn shops and purchases of that kind of goods and will probably come across them somewhere or at least get information of them and before long richard undoubtedly has disposed of some if not all of them before this and it being his first great offence he will be afraid of his shadow for a while why do you think your men will find him at home because he has had time enough to sell or pledge the diamonds and will want to get somewhere to conceal the money obtained for them he is new to the business and probably not acquainted around the usual hiding places of thieves and he will likely hide himself and the money about home for a while it is time we heard from there sloane had hardly finished speaking when in answer to a tap upon the door he jumped up and partially opening it had a short conference with some person outside closing the door again he turned toward me with a self-satisfied look and said well sir we have got him and he will be here in a moment and surely enough the door presently opened again and the superintendent came in accompanying a young fellow who though a stranger to me i could readily believe was winnie's brother he looked to be about twenty years old was rather undersized in height but of solid blocky build his light hair was cut short and his upper lip was only part concealed by a weak apology for a moustache of somewhat sandy hue he had eyes of similar color and natural expression to those of his sister and there was something in the general cast of his features which one could easily construe into a resemblance to her but beyond this look of family connection there was no similarity of either appearance or manner between them his irregular dissipated habits were already telling upon him in his eyes which were heavy-looking and dull in his face which showed the smooth shiny puffy appearance so common among beer-drinkers in his uneasy nervous manner causing him to be fidgety with his hands and legs and to keep his jaws constantly in motion upon a quid of tobacco in his mouth notwithstanding an air of bravado which he was trying to assume he had a scared look about him and showed i thought that he felt himself in a bad fix 
he was examined at length by the superintendent and sloan in my presence and to my surprise notwithstanding his apparent discomfort and uneasiness under their masterly questioning and cross-questioning and while he attempts to draw something additional out of him he repeated winnie's statements concerning his visit to the house in every detail he hesitated often over the questions and tried to shirk some of them this was especially the case with questions pertaining to his forcing money from his sister and to her threatening to call upon mr lindley to eject him at this point he volunteered the statement that he had gone directly home from mr lindley's and had remained there until his arrest he appeared to gain confidence in himself as he proceeded and when the officers had finished with him i could see an air of triumph about him which i thought boded no good to him i feared that it would magnify his ideas of his own cleverness in this his first experience with the police his examination over he was taken out of the room by the two officers at his request i remained until sloan returned which he did after considerable delay i soon learned from him that nothing had been found either upon the prisoner or at his home which implicated him in the theft but that they were going to hold him at headquarters quietly pending further developments no reports had yet been received from the officers sent out among the pawn shops and dealers but it was hardly time to expect them yet i judged by sloane's humor that he was disappointed at the result of the interview with richard he appeared indisposed to talk much and i got the foregoing information in brief replies to my questions finally i asked him bluntly whether or not richard's statements had changed his views of the case any to which he answered rather pettishly no sir not in the least but if we had arrested the girl first and kept her out of the way we might have saved ourselves some trouble why i asked what has she done done why as soon as we left the house she hurried right over to her mother's saw her brother and fixed up his story for him he answered vexatiously how do you know that i asked why as our men got to the house they saw her hurrying away at least they saw a woman leave the house whose description tallies with the girls besides they had nearly got the old lady to acknowledge that she had been there before the son cautioned her to keep still which he did at once when he saw what they were driving at i suspected when the fellow first began to answer our questions that he had been posted in his sister's story of course it is too late now to remedy the matter but if i had suspected that she would be up to any such games i should have instructed the men to arrest her if they found her in the neighborhood her visit may also account for our failure to find either the diamonds or the money there added sloane how i inquired by her having taken charge of them herself and carried them away with her you remember richard said that he went straight away home this morning after being hustled out of the house by his sister and had not left there again previous to his arrest though i placed no weight upon his statement at the time i now believe that part of his story to be true and that in place of his disposing of the diamonds outside he still had them when his sister came around to caution him against us and that the diamonds went back to mr lindley's house with her sloane made this announcement very earnestly and in a somewhat excited manner emphasized his thorough reliance upon this new aspect of the case not fully comprehending the drift of his deductions and somewhat taken aback by the sudden change in his views i said but how do you account for such action on winnie's part supposing you to be right in your suspicion in either one of two ways he replied resuming his usual coolness and self-possession the girl having no reason to fear a further search of the house thinks quite naturally that they can be safely secreted there until the excitement over the theft having subsided they can be otherwise disposed of this is one way of accounting for her running so much risk in transferring them to her own keeping the other way of explaining it and the one in which just now i fully believe is this 
that winnie seeing her danger and that of her brother has also seen the folly of longer concealing the diamonds and having secured them from her brother by exaggerating his danger will return them to miss lindley if she has not already done so with some sort of explanation part true and part false as to how she came to recover them in doing this she must criminate her brother but she will do her best for him and the result will be that miss lindley will believe all she tells her show great pity for her in having such a scapegoat of a brother and shedding tears in sympathy with winnie's at the disgrace she pretends to feel over the affair will end it all by going to her father with the diamonds and convincing him of winnie's faithfulness beg him as a favor to herself not to push the case against richard mr lindley seeing that the diamonds are restored and to avoid any publicity of the scandal for winnie's sake is prevailed upon to give his assent and everybody is happy it is not the first instance of the kind which has come into my experience though not the most agreeable ending to be desired it is one which is not in my power to prevent as sloane proceeded he grew warm and decided and i saw that he was confident of the correctness of his opinion which certainly did seem to be based upon evidences suggesting its soundness without expressing either approval of or dissent from his views i said i suppose then you have nothing to do but to return at once to mr lindley's for a verification of one or the other of your theories either of which should result in the recovery of the diamonds to make it hold good that would at first seem the proper course to follow but a little reflection will show you as it does me that it is better for me to stay away from there until the appointed time this evening if the girl is concealing the jewels which she would only risk doing in the belief that her visit to her mother was not known to me they will be safe for some time to come if as i believe she has restored them why of course my services will be no longer required i shall keep my appointment and if my prediction as to the surrender of the jewels should not be verified it will be time enough then to make another search for them if such search is necessary i will bet a big apple that it will result in my finding the diamonds in either case you see i consider the affair as good as settled we shall hold the fellow richard pending the result as we don't propose having any more conferences between him and his sister though for myself i don't think there would be any danger of that even if he were at liberty still it is best to keep on the safe side any little slip just now might cause us much trouble looking at my watch i discovered that if i were to meet my mother at the store as i had promised father i should do it would be necessary for me to be off at once rising to go i congratulated sloane upon his hopeful view of the case but added laughingly that i should feel better satisfied on my own part when i got possession of the diamonds well mr hopkins he said as he shook my hand i am not much given to boasting of my abilities nor of my powers as a prophet but i tell you candidly that i should be willing for five dollars to guarantee the truth of my prediction that at our meeting tonight at mr lindley's the mystery of the diamonds will be solved in one of the two ways i have mentioned i hope so sir and can assure you that if it so turns out you will be amply rewarded for your services good-bye then till tonight end of section six